Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. This afternoon, we are grateful, Lord, that we have the opportunity to come before you once again. Spirit of God, we ask that you speak to us this afternoon. Oh, Holy Spirit, have your way. Lord, you know my weaknesses, you know my inadequacies, but I avail myself only as a vessel. Let it be fit for the master's use. Therefore, I pray, Spirit of God, use me and speak through me. Let your word go forth and let it accomplish the purpose for which you send it. We are grateful and we are thankful to be in your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord as you take your seats. Grateful to be in your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. As you take your seats. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, this afternoon, I want to share a very simple message with you. Um, We have very few minutes, but let's try and share for a few minutes, and then we can go home. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about the church of God. Hallelujah. About the church of God. Amen. Now, the church of God, or the house of God, is something that is very, very important to God. Hallelujah. God has always been very particular with his church or with his house. From historical, from the very beginning, God has been always particular with his house or with his church. Hallelujah. He always wants to have a place where he can meet with his people and he can feed them, he can fellowship with them a place where he can transform them, a place where he can restore them, where he can heal them, a place where he can maintain the souls that he has brought in, a place where he can teach them. Amen. Amen. And even from the very beginning, God made the garden, the beautiful garden of Eden, where the Bible says he will come and he will fellowship with his children. Hallelujah. And God made a very beautiful garden. If you read the description of the Garden of Eden, it was a beautiful garden. Hallelujah. Now, God is very particular with his garden. Or God is very particular with his house where he meets his people. Hallelujah. So the church is an important aspect of God. 
The church is very important to God. Amen. Amen. And it means that anyone who also gets involved, anyone who gets involved in building the church of God becomes also very important to God. Do you agree with me? If the church is important to God, then anyone who gets involved in building the church also becomes very important to God. You become very special to God. Hallelujah. Now, building is a very difficult task. Amen. Building anything is very, very difficult. It is not easy to build anything. Hallelujah. And it is not the most attractive thing to do when you are building a house or you are building something or you are constructing a structure. It's not the most pleasant place. It's not the easiest thing to do. Hallelujah. Now compared to the part where you decorate it, you realize that it is completely different. The, the time where we are constructing is completely different from the time where we are decorating. And so you realize that when you are constructing, when you are building, you are not really appreciated. People don't really see the beauty of your work. In fact, you make a lot of noise that people don't even want to come near you. You are in a hazardous area that people don't even want to come near you. And when people say, wow, this is beautiful, when people say, wow, this is attractive, they are not talking about the construction. They are not talking about what went in the foundation. They are not talking about the work that went in. They are usually talking about the decoration. You know, the finished product is what is attractive to people. But you realize that the beginning of it, the very fundamental of it, and constructing it is very, very difficult. Hallelujah. It is not attractive. And it is not pleasant, neither. Hallelujah. And it requires a lot of work. It is hard work. Amen. It takes a lot of effort. Hallelujah. If you have been at a construction site before, I'm not sure how many of you have been at a construction site before, but it is not the most pleasant or most beautiful site that you can see. It's very dusty in that area. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter the kind of job or the kind of degree that you have. If you make a choice to be at a construction center, you're going to also find yourself being dirty. So you can be an engineer with many degrees. But if you want to be on the construction site, if you want to build, then you're going to also have to get yourself dirty. Hallelujah. You're going to have to deal with the dust. You're going to have to deal with the risk of stones falling upon you or trees falling upon you or wood falling upon you. You're going to take all these risks. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see stones flying all over the place. And so there's risk of loss of injury at a construction site. Amen. It's a hazardous area. The type of work there is 
so heavy and so difficult that it requires also some type of heavy machinery. Do you understand what I'm saying? It requires some type of heavy machinery. It requires heavy bulldozers. It requires heavy tractors. It requires heavy tools that can really hurt, that can really injure. Amen. It requires strong tools. Amen. It requires tools that uh, should be able to overcome the big stones that need to be held out and be removed from the place. Sometimes they need dynamite. So it requires power also. It requires power tools. Sometimes they need power tools to break the rocks. Hallelujah. And so you realize that when you are at a place like that, you ought to also be equipped. You have to be equipped with sometimes hard hats. Special boots. You know, it's not every type of boot that you can wear at a construction. You have to have special type of boots that can protect you from injury. You have to have certain type of clothes. Isn't that so? You have to wear certain types of clothes to protect you. Sometimes hazardous weather prevails so that you have to have special type of clothes also to prevail. Amen. Amen. So you need special, you need to be armed properly in order to prevail at a construction center. Hallelujah. Now in the building of God's church also, he has not left us without help. He knows it is a difficult type of work. He knows it is challenging. He knows that there are difficulty in prayers. There are, you have to mount up prayers. It's not easy. How many of you find it very easy to pray? You find it very easy to pray for five hours. You easily you pray for six hours. Amen. It requires visitation. To visit people, people who don't even want you to come to their place, it requires you visiting them. It requires phone calls. It requires people hanging up on you. It requires that people see your number and they ignore your phone calls. It requires calling people and they being nasty on the phone. Do you experience that some of you who do follow-ups? Hallelujah. So it, 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 it comes with this type of difficulty. It comes with you need to pick up someone to bring to church. It comes with spending money to drive to visit people, to pick up people, and so on and so forth. It requires sometimes less sleep. But God has not left us without help. For that difficulty, God has also provided us with heavy machinery. He has given us a big bulldozer. He has given us something that will strengthen us. He has given us something that will equip us. He has given us something that will make us overcome the challenges. God has given us the Holy Spirit to do his work. Hallelujah. God has given us his Holy Spirit. Amen. He knows it is difficult. He knows it is challenging. But he has not left us alone. Hallelujah. And anyone who is interested in this type of work, anyone who avails himself, anyone who wants to do this work, if you are hired at a construction center, anyone, 
at the moment they hire you at a construction center, they have to equip you with heavy hats, heavy clothing. They have to equip you with special type of boots. They have, and anyone who also avails himself to work on this God's project, he will equip you with the Holy Spirit. He will equip you with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because he knows that there are forces that you need to overcome. Amen. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18. It says, and I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Jesus is the one who will build his church. He's looking for construction workers to join him. He says, and upon this rock I will build my church. I will build my church. And he has identified one thing that will stand against it. He says, I will build my church. By all means, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, does it mean that the gates of hell is trying to prevail against it? it he has identified that gate. He has identified one thing that will stand in his way of building his church. And he has given you that assurance that it will not stand against it. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. I will build my church. Jesus, he said, he will build his church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. The gates of hell will not prevail. It will not prevail against it because he has given you a big bulldozer which is stronger than the gates of hell. He has given you a strong machinery which is stronger than the gates of hell. He knows the stones that you will encounter. He knows the difficulty that you will encounter. He knows the kind of people that you will meet. And he has equipped you. He has not left you alone. He has equipped you with strong machinery that will overcome the gates of hell. Hallelujah. He has given you the Holy Spirit. And it will overcome the gates of hell. Hallelujah. I say it will overcome the gates of hell. It will overcome the difficulty in prayer. You will withstand. Yes, you will encounter difficulty, but you will prevail. It will overcome the difficulty in fasting. Setting your stomach aside to fast for the work of God to go on. God will equip you with ability to go through and to deal with that. Hallelujah. He says that there is something. He says there's a scripture in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. He says that, he that is in you, the one that he has given you to do this work, he is stronger than everything that is on the field that you are going to encounter. He says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the well. You are going to encounter difficulty from the well as you put your hand to work with the Lord, but he will equip you. Amen. I say he will equip you. Amen. And what he will equip you with, it is stronger than what is in the world. Amen. Amen. It is stronger than what is in the world. Hallelujah. He's called the helper or the comforter. In John chapter 14 and verse 6, verse 16. John 14 and verse 16. He says, and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter. 
in another in other versions, it's called another helper. Helper. Helper to do what? He says, I will build my church. So helper to do what? Helper to help you build the church with him. He says, and I'll pray, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Beloved, if you make your mind to stay with Jesus to build his church, he will give you the Holy Spirit who will abide with you forever. He will give you the Holy Spirit who will be with you everywhere you go. He will give you the Holy Spirit who will go with you for an interview. He will give you the Holy Spirit who will teach you how to stay in that marriage. He will give you the Holy Spirit who will help you to perform your work when you are at work. If the Holy Spirit is, he says, who will be with you forever? If the Holy Spirit is with you, why should you have difficulty at your work? If the Holy Spirit is with you, why should you have difficulty in your cooking? You are trying to pour the salt and the Holy Spirit will catch it. It says too much salt. This will bring confusion in your marriage. And then he will put it aside. Because the Holy Spirit is with you always. And acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. He says quench not. Do not quench the spirit. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge that he is with you. And whatever you are doing, he will help you. Hallelujah. Look at verse 26. Verse 26. In the same scripture. It says, but the comforter or the helper, which is the Holy Ghost. The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. He shall teach you all things. He shall teach you all things. There is nothing that the Spirit will leave you on your own if you are building with him and he gives you the Spirit. He says, he shall teach you all things. He shall teach you when you are sitting at your exams to take it. If you acknowledge him, he shall teach you what to say. He shall teach when you are going through A, B, C, D, and you don't know what to choose, the Holy Spirit will choose one for you. He shall teach you all things. He shall teach you how to cook. Oh, yes. I said the Holy Spirit shall teach you how to cook. He shall teach you how to speak to your husband. He shall teach you how to speak to your wife. He shall teach you how to treat your wife. Oh, hunger for the Holy Spirit. Ask for the, tell the Lord, I want to work with you. Give me this Holy Spirit. Yes. He will teach you all things. He says, he will teach you all things. He will not leave anything out. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Hallelujah. Endeavor that you will be a part of building God's church. That you will put your hand in building God's church. Hallelujah. God will give you special skill if you want to be a part of doing his work. I say he will give you special skill. Amen. Just because you want to do his work. Exodus chapter 31. Exodus chapter 31. And verse 1. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezaleel. I have called by name Bezaleel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And you see, God has no confusion about who is coming to do the work. There's a clear description 
of who is coming to do the work. No confusion about which Bezalel are we talking about. If you make your, if you place your heart, you place in your heart, or you avail yourself for God to use you, there will be a clear distinction of your status in the heavens. The heavens will describe exactly which person I'm talking about. When God is bringing favor, he says, when this person appears at the interview, I'm talking about this particular person with the bald head and with the mustache and with the beard. The one whose son is her. The one whose mother is Miriam. The one who lives on the street of zero. This person is the one that I'm talking about. And it's because you have availed yourself to do the work of God. He says, I have called by name Bezalel. Can we read another version like the New Living Translation or the NIV or some of that nature? He says, look at that. He says, look, I have specifically, I have specifically chosen. Eric, do you see what I'm sharing? He says, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur. Of the tribe of Judah. He says, I have filled him with the spirit of God. I have filled him with the spirit of God. Giving him great wisdom. My God. He says, giving him great wisdom. Ability and expertise in all kinds of craft." Let me tell you, when you set your heart that you want to do the work of God, he will give you great wisdom. I say he will give you great wisdom. He will give you ability. He will give you expertise in all kinds of crafts. In all kinds of crafts. Just because you set your heart. Beloved, you are such a disadvantage if you do not want to do the work of God. You are at such a disadvantage. You will lack great wisdom. You will lack ability. You will lack expertise in all kinds of craftsmen. But he says, I have specifically chosen Bezalel. And I've identified him out of all the Bezaleels in the community. And I have identified him and I have placed in him the spirit of God. He says, I have filled him with the spirit of God. Giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He says he is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He says he is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. It's because the Spirit of God is in him. And it's for a purpose. Hallelujah. But you see, when Bezalel goes to work, when he goes to his private work, the spirit of the Lord has not been taken out of him. Because he says the spirit will be with you forever. So you have ability in all craftsmen. So you see, when you are doing the house, when you are doing the work of God, he fills you with the spirit of God and you do the work of God and then you go home and as you are cooking, the spirit is with you and you have ability in all kinds of soup. You have ability with all kinds of rice. 
Every fried rice, you know how to make it. Every type of fish, they ask you, you know how to make it. You see, you don't come to that stage that, and say, as for me, my specialty is malt. I bring malt. Or my specialty is I bring juice. I bring juice. You see, put your hand to the work of God. And when they ask you, they say, can you bring fried rice? You say, no problem. Can you bring lasagna? You say, no problem. Can you bring macaroni and cheese? No problem. Can you bring some goat soup? We say, no problem. Every type of food, you can make it. Because you have set your heart to do the work of God. Amen. Hallelujah. He will fill you with the spirit. Amen. He will fill you with the spirit. He will fill you with the spirit. You go to the job, he says, this is forklift. Have you driven one before? He says, I've not driven one before, but no problem. I can drive it. Because there's a spirit of God that is with me. You say, no problem. This is a new type of spreadsheet. You say, no problem. I can do it. Because the spirit of God is with you. Amen. Because the spirit of God is with you. He says that he is a master at every craft. A master at every craft. The next verse. He says, and I have personally, look at this. He says, I have personally appointed Oholia, son of Ahisamak, of the tribe of Dan, to be his assistant. Moreover, I have given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen so they can make all the things I have commanded you to make. Make your mind that I want to help the pastor do the work of God. Make your mind, have set in your heart, I want to help the pastor with the church of God. He says, I have given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen so they can make all the things I have commanded you to make. You say, you, oh, I don't have a good voice to sing. Just avail yourself. I say, just avail yourself. The moment you avail yourself, God will fill you with the spirit. He will fill you with the spirit of God such that when you open your mouth, men will baffle. They will baffle. I said they will baffle when you open your mouth to sing. And then he says that they will build the tabernacle, the ark of the covenant. The ark cover the place, the ark cover, the place of atonement, all the furnishings of the tabernacle. You see, this is the reason why God gives the gifts. Now, there are some of you that God has given different gifts. God has given you different kinds of gifts. And you are sitting on these gifts. You take this gift to Morgan Stanley. You take this gift to Chase, Manhattan. You take this gift to Citibank. You take this gift to drive yellow cab. You can drive car all day. It's a skill. It's ability. But you see, you can't drive one hour to pick up church members to come to church. You can wake up an hour earlier on Sunday and say, I will use my car and pick up all these people and bring them. Amen. You cannot. And God has placed that gift in you. God has given you that gift. Amen. I said, God has given you that gift. Some of you, you are very good with decoration. It is a gift that God has given you. Hallelujah. You know, your gift, your gift that God has given you, if you avail it to use it for God, if you, you use it for God, God will use that gift and will bring you to a higher place. Amen. 
Amen. It is the gift of music that God placed in David. It is that gift of music. As David was sitting at the, on the farmlands, just watching, watching his sheep, he was just playing the harp. He was just playing and making songs and making songs to the Lord and singing to the Lord. And there were other shepherds that were walking around and they heard him play. And when the king needed someone in the king's house, when they needed someone to come and play when the king was troubled by an evil spirit, they said, I know this man. I know a man. I heard a man who can play very well. And it was that gift that brought David to the palace. It was that gift that taught David the skill and the ability to be a king, to learn to sit and dine with great men. It is the gift of music. Hallelujah. You have no idea where God wants to take you, but he's giving you a gift that he can use you. Hallelujah. Doing the work of God will bring the protection of God over you. Putting your hand to work for God will bring protection over your life. Hallelujah. It will give you protection. Exodus chapter 31. No, let's read Numbers chapter 12, please. Numbers chapter 12 and verse 1. Numbers chapter 12 and verse 1. Quickly. It says, while they were at Hezeroth, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a a Cushite woman. They said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. Hallelujah. Do you see? More humble than any other person on earth. You know, you see, when you go to the construction site and you see people working and they are dirty and they are looking all dusty, it's not because they don't have nice clothes. Do you understand? It's not because they, they, can, they, they also cannot dress like you. But for the work that they are doing, they, for the work that they are doing, they put up with a lot of insults. They put up with a lot of injury. They put up with a lot of death because of the work that they are doing. But they are very nice people. Sometimes they look very raggedy and very rough, but they are very nice people. So you see, Moses was leading these people and they did not know the kind of person. He says, now, he says, now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. So immediately, the Lord called to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam and said, go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. So the three of them went to the tabernacle. Because Aaron and Miriam began to criticize Moses. They began to talk about Moses. He says, meet me at the, in front of the tabernacle. And then, he says, then the Lord descended in the pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron, Miriam, he called, and they stepped forward. And the Lord said to them, now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, will reveal myself in visions. I will speak to them in dreams. He says, if there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, will speak to them in visions, and I will reveal myself to them. He says that, and the the next verse, please. But not with my servant Moses. He says, not with my servant Moses. I don't speak to him in visions. I don't speak to him in dreams. I don't speak to him in proverbs. 
He says, not so with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. Let it be said of you that in all of God's house, you are the one that he trusts. That when he assigns something to you, you will do it with diligence. That God will say, of all the children in the house, this is the one that I trust with my house. Let it be said of you. He says, not so with my servant Moses. Not so. I speak to prophets in visions. I speak to prophets in dreams. I speak to prophets in proverbs. But not so with my servant Moses. And why? Why was Moses singled out? Why was Moses singled out? It's because he says, of all the children, he's the one that I can trust with my house. Listen, the house of God is very important to him. And no matter who you are, no matter what you have done before, if you avail yourself with, from your heart to do the work of God, he will equip you. He will protect you. He will fight your enemies. Because he knows that the gates of hell will stand against you. And so he says, they will not prevail. He will fight them for you. Hallelujah. He will fight them for you. Amen. Because of your work, because of the work that you do in the church, God will fight your people at work who fight you. The people who are working so that they will fire you, God will fight them. I say you will keep your job. Because of your faithfulness in the house of God, you will keep your job. Because of your faithfulness in the house of God, you will continue on that job. Hallelujah. There are some people who are working out that you will never be promoted. But because of your faithfulness. He says, not so with this my daughter. Not so with this my son. Because of his faithfulness. No, no, no. It cannot happen to him. Hallelujah. The favor of God will come upon you. Desire that you do something nice in the house of God. Desire that you make the house of God look nicer. Listen, God likes nice things. He likes nice things. Do you like nice things? Do you like nice purple clothes? Do you like nice hair? Do you like to put on nice makeup? You know, the Bible says that God made you in his own image. I've not seen one person who likes to look ugly all the time. Can I see by show of hands? God likes nice things. Amen. God likes nice things. So endeavor that in the house of God, let me do something nice for God. What can I do to beautify the house of God? What can I do to make the work of God go on? What can I do? And he will protect you. He will protect you. He will protect your marriage. He will protect you. He will give you favor. They say that, no, you don't qualify for the scholarship. He says, not so with this, my daughter. Not so with this, my daughter. She qualifies. Put her name in. She qualifies. You don't have the degree, but they will call you for that job. I said they will call you. Many people will interview, but they will choose you. They will select you because of your faithfulness in the house of God. Put your hands together for Jesus. He says, not so with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. And because they were talking about him for a servant that God can trust him with his house. The Bible says that when the Lord left, he says, I speak to him face to face. He says, as for my servant Moses, unlike the other prophets, I speak to him face to face. What has Moses done other than the other prophets? Besides the other prophets, what has he done? Such, except that he's faithful for the house of God. 
is faithful with the house of God. Some of you, we can, you cannot be faithful with even the money that belongs to God. When we, when we ask you to hold money that belongs to the Lord, you are embezzling it. You are squandering it. Amen. Let me tell you, put your heart down and be faithful with the things of God. Put your heart down and be faithful. He said, what can I also do for the house of God? What can I also do in the house of God? And it's not everything that you, you see, sometimes purpose that you do things for the Lord, just for the Lord. Do things for the Lord. He will bless you. I say he will bless you. He says, I speak to him face to face. Just because of your faithfulness, God will speak to you face to face. God will tell you where to apply for that job specifically. He will tell you which job to apply. He will speak to you face to face. He will show you exactly which man to marry. He will show you exactly which woman to marry. And he will show you the ones to stay away from. He says, not this one, not that one, this one. He will speak to you face to face because of your faith. He says, not so with my servant Moses. I speak to him face to face. And clearly, no confusion with the voice of God. And not in riddles. You see, he was talking about the other prophets. But he says, not so with my servant Moses. So does it mean that some of the prophets, he speaks to them and they are not so clear? So begin, let me tell you something. You begin to purpose to work in the house of God and stop chasing after prophets. Because they also see through the glass dimly. And the one who God is going to speak to clearly and face to face is the one whose heart is faithful in the house of God. He's the one who said he's faithful in the house of God. Amen. He says he sees the Lord as he is. Moses. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? People should be afraid of you as you are being faithful to the house of God. People should be afraid of you. They should be afraid of touching your job. They should be afraid of criticizing your spreadsheet. They should be afraid of criticizing your report. They should be afraid of standing at the table, the table conference to put you down and to criticize you and to single you out. They should be afraid of accusing you of medication errors. Because of your faithfulness. It's not because of your nursing degree. It's not because of your, your, your bachelor's. But it's because of your faithfulness. Your faithfulness in the house of God. It's because of your faithfulness in the house of God. You don't like my message. That is what is on the menu. Endeavor to do the work of God. Yes. The next verse. The Lord was very angry with them when he departed. May the Lord be angry with the people who are against you as you are doing his work. Says the Lord was very angry with them. Says this my servant of all the people. He's the one that I find faithful in my house. And you are talking about him. And you are criticizing him. Are you not afraid? And you see, the Bible says that Moses, he was the humblest of all people on earth. But people are supposed to be afraid of you. You look very humble. You, you don't look like the kind that they should be afraid of. But because of your faithfulness in the house of God. See, the Lord was very angry with them and he departed. And as the cloud moved from the tabernacle, 
there stood Miriam, her skin as white as snow from leprosy. And Aaron saw what had happened to her. Amen. That means you also be careful when you are talking about someone who is being faithful in the house of God. Be very careful when you are criticizing someone who is faithful in the house of God. When you see someone who is doing the work of God with his heart, be very careful about criticizing about him. Be very, very careful. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody this afternoon? We don't have a lot of time. Hallelujah. But there was another group of people also. Dathan, Korah, and Abiram. They also criticized Moses. And they opposed Moses. And they stood against Moses. And the Bible says that God caused them. He says that in front of the whole congregation, with their 250 men, noble men who were following them, God caused the, 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 the earth to open and it swallowed them because they were criticizing someone who was being faithful in the house of God. Be very careful. But be on the side that is with God, that is with building his church. If you are on the side of building a church, you will be less likely to criticize. If you are on the side where you are building with Jesus, you will have a very low probability of having a chance to criticize the work of God. There's a scripture that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30. Let me show you. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30. Let's read it in the King James Version. It says, Matthew chapter 12. Oh, it's fine. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. It says, he that is not with me, this, this is Jesus. He says, I will build my church. I will build my church. Now, he that is not with me in building my church, he says that he that is not with me is against me. Automatically. Listen, if you are not building the church of God with Jesus, you are automatically against Jesus. Amen. You don't understand what I just said. I'm just reading the scriptures. He says, he that is not with me is against me. If you are not with him, you are against him. He says, he that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me. That means he that is not gathering God's people. You are not visiting them. You are not calling them. You are not making sure that they are okay. You are not keeping them together. You are not making sure that everything is well with them. You are, he says, he that does not gather with me. Is Jesus trying to gather his children? Is he trying to build his church? Is he trying to get his people together? He says, anyone that is not doing this with me, I call him a scatterer. I will choose to be gathering with Jesus than to be a scatterer. This Jesus, I don't want to be against him. I don't want to stand in a position that I'm working against him. He says, if you're not gathering with me, your name is a scatterer. That means you are scattered. You see, you would think that, ah, but I, 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 I have not done anything. All I do is I come to my church and I go home. I come and I go home. I don't disturb anyone. I don't touch anyone. I don't call anyone. Nobody calls me. I don't disturb anyone. Jesus says you are a scatterer. I'm reading the Bible. The Bible was written way before I was born. It says, he that that not gathereth with me, 
says, he, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Scattereth abroad. Hallelujah. If you're not gathering with him, he calls you a scatterer. It means you are scattering abroad. Hallelujah. You know, when you, are, when you are trying to build something, or when you are trying to even clean your house, or clean a room, as you are trying to clean, you are trying to clean, and you, your children, your own children, your own children also in the house, and as you are cleaning, you have cleaned up to this place, and they are also throwing papers and toys, and they are littering, littering all over the place, and they are throwing things around, and as you have cleaned and cleaned, you are very tired, and then you clean, and you come to this, and then when you look back, you see that they have littered all over the place. It calls for anger. It calls for irritation. It calls for beatings. It calls for time out. It calls for no more. It calls for going to bed early. It calls for you are not having this gift anymore. It calls for this game is not yours anymore. It calls for you are not having the ice cream. It calls for you are not having the chocolate. It calls for you are not having that toy that you needed. And when Jesus sees that as he has gathering, there are some of us who are scatterers. And we are scattering. It calls for early termination. It calls for come home quickly. It calls for short life. Oh, yes. Your own children. Your own, even though they are your own children. You give them time out. You tell them, enough, go to bed. Because you, you want to put them away so you can do your work. You want to put them away so you can continue. You want to put them away so the place can continue to go on. And when we become, when we take that position of scatterers, he will put us away quickly. He will exclude us. He will take certain gifts from you. Hallelujah. You will not have nice things. You will not have ice cream. You will not have chocolate. You will not have nice toys. Because you are disturbing the work that is going on. Hallelujah. Beloved, desire that you put your hand in the work of God. Desire. You know, there are some of you who have a lot of excuses from work. You have excuses, and it's because of my work, I cannot do this. It's because of my work, I cannot do that. It's because of my work, I can't. You know, there's someone that prayed a prayer in Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1. And verse 11. Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 11. It says, Oh Lord, oh Lord. How many of you sometimes you have difficulty to even come to church or do the work of God because of your job? Oh, honestly, it's, it's, it's a fair thing. I also encountered that problem. How many? Let me see by show of hands. Let this be your prayer. Let this be your prayer. Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 11. It says, Oh Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Who is this man? Your boss. Your boss. Your manager. The one who makes it difficult for you to serve God. The one who makes it difficult for you to come to church. He says, he says, grant him mercy. He says, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For 
I was the king's cup bearer. This was his prayer. He says, I am the king's cup bearer. But I want to. He says, and he said, I pray thee that thy servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For he says, I desire to fear thy name and prosper. Let's read from the New Living Translation. He says, Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us, those of us who delight in honoring you. Listen, don't let work be an excuse. You are taking away a good thing that God can do for you. He says, he says let, listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cup bearer. So as you are going to work, Pray that God will put in, inside the heart of your boss to be kind to you, to release you to do his work. Amen. And the next, the, cha- the next chapter, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Early the following spring, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, I was serving the king his wine. Look at that. This is after this man has prayed, and then he went to work. He says, I was serving the king because he was a king's cup bearer. He was the one that gave the drink to the king. I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. Do you see? Look, let your countenance change before your boss. You are always happy. Sunday you are at work. Oh, Reverend, it's not my fault. You know, I would have come every Sunday, but I have to work certain Sundays. Be sad in front of your boss when you are at work on Sunday that they have held you from serving your God. He says that I have never been sad before the king. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You ought to be sad before your boss because you can't serve God. So the king asked me, why are you so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. You see, he was afraid. Because if you are the king's cup bearer and you are terrified, I mean, you are looking horrible and you are looking miserable and you are looking like some sick person, the king can kill you. But he says, then I was terrified. But I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? Wow. Your boss is going to ask you how he can help you. As you say that prayer before you go to work, Lord, I want to do the work of God. I want to avail myself to do the work of God. I want to follow up people. I want to visit people. I want to be in a position where I can call people. I want to be in a church where I can stay for rehearsals. I want to be in a church where I can also arrange. I want to be able to come to church early. He says that, pray that prayer and when you go to work, the king asks, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, the I replied, if it pleased the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Hallelujah. Send me, and the Lord will release you. Have a desire in your heart to build a church of God, and God will give you favor before your bosses. I say, God will give you favor before your bosses. 
God will grant you favor. You see, it looks so difficult. It looks so impossible. It looks like you are the only one and the schedule is such that it's not possible. But pray and have a desire in your heart that God should release you to do the work. He was the king's cup bearer. He was the one who brings drinks to the king. And he would have been afraid to ask that the king should release him. Who is going to bring the drinks? But God touched the heart of the king because of a desire in his heart to build the house of God. Our time is up. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand onto your feet. Some wonderful, powerful things. When you go home, read the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1 and chapter 2. The Lord will bless you. Stand to your feet and let us bring the service to a close. Building the church of God. Building the church of God. A desire, a hunger, a test to build the church of God. He said he will fill you with the spirit of God. For his work, he will fill you with the spirit of God. He will fill you with the spirit of God. And you will become an, ex- an expert. You say, you have expertise in all crafts. You have expertise in all crafts. Desire. Desire to build this church. Oh, Lord. Build your church. Build your church. Use me, Lord. I avail myself. Use me. I avail myself. I avail myself, Lord. I avail myself. I avail myself. I avail myself. I avail myself. Oh, yes. I avail myself. Build your church, Lord. Build your church. Build your church, Lord. I avail myself. Use me all you can. Use me. He said that I specifically have chosen you. I have chosen you specifically. And I'll place this gift in you. God will place special gifts in you. The gift of singing, He'll place in you. The gift of ministry, the gift of singing, the gift of preaching, the gift of visiting, the gift of counseling. He will give you this gift for His house. Oh, yes. He will give you this gift. The gift of administration, the gift of arranging. Oh, yes. He said that you will be an expert in all these gifts. Have a desire. Have a desire. Have a desire. Have a hunger. Have a hunger. And let the peace of God let it rain. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Like hunger. Oh yes. Let it be a hunger. A hunger to build the house of God. A hunger to be a part of this building. A hunger to place your hand on it. A hunger, a hunger, a hunger, a hunger, a hunger. I want to be a part of this building. I want to be a part of this project. I want to be a part. Lord, yes.
Father, we are thankful this afternoon for your word. We thank you, Lord. Father, we are grateful that you have called us to be partakers of this great kingdom. Heavenly Father, we ask, O oh God, that you give us the gift of Bezalel. Father, in the building of your church, as we avail ourselves, O oh God, you say that you will give us the comforter, you will give us the helper, who will help us in doing this work. It is indeed a great work. And indeed, Lord, you are giving us a great comforter. You have given us the Holy Spirit to help us, Father, in this great work. We thank you, Lord, for having challenges and difficulties. We ask, oh God, that the favor that came upon Nehemiah shall come upon us. May we have favor before our bosses, favor before our chiefs, favor before people who make decisions concerning our schedule. We ask, oh God, you say that the heart of the king is in your hand, oh God, and you turn it whichever way you desire. I pray, oh God, that you turn the hearts of our bosses to our favor. May they be kind to us in the name of Jesus. We ask the Lord that you help us to be available to be used. We ask, oh God, that you give us that spirit of faithfulness in all of your house. And like Moses, may that favor come upon us in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. With all eyes closed, every head bowed, you are here this afternoon. You want to give your life to Jesus. You say, I want to invite Jesus into my life. I want to welcome Jesus into my life. If you are here this afternoon, that is your prayer. Lift up your hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. You say, I want Jesus Christ as my Savior. You are not born again. You don't have Jesus as your Savior. If you were to die today, you don't know where you are going to. Beloved, do not live here without receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus as your Savior? Anyone here like that? Lift up your hand and I will pray with you. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say, Lord Jesus, I come to you this afternoon just as I am. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please wash me. Cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. This afternoon, I invite you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my Master. I want to serve you. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord as you take your seat. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.